1: Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and supporters like you. Come to our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and support us. Thanks.
2: So many changes, sign up for the tourney and I ask my team Is legacy really just a dying scene? London Mulligan making Grizzle Brand OP Multi-Oblivion from a hate piece Still I'm getting wrecked by what Khan creates Lattice locked like a chump who tried to innovate New Teferi says instant speeds no go Narset cast Brainstorm, hell no Modern Horizons added to the mix giving all the bad Rug decks run Six Cascade retrace, your Strix is dead Dreadhorde Arcanist is good, Nate said Yogg Moth's dope, vast grand position Put Nick Fit right back in position To lose two Lion's Eye Diamond, Eon's Echo Shuffle up, draw Tendrils, oh hello This isn't how it's supposed to be Legacy with all these changes simultaneously I'd love to go back to how we played as kids before match change, and that's the way it is.
1: Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles, I'm your host Zach Clark, and with me as always, hey Phil, how are you guys? Uh, you know, I can't complain, I just woke up from a nap, Saturday.
0: Well, there you go.
2: I was good before I looked at the Reddit comments. <laughs>
0: we'll get to that. They were
2: great.
1: They were great. <laughs> Phil Phil doesn't really use Reddit very
2: often, so it's always funny to, to see his reaction. <laughs> it's for reaction. my personal
1: health. <laughs> yeah, to see his reaction to, to the comments.
2: Never read- I, I, I heard there was a lot of spice coming from Reddit, so I was like, all right, I'll go against my better judgment, and I'll take a look. And boy, was that a mistake.
0: <laughs> Look, I, I got to be honest with you guys. I wanted to listen. I didn't even listen after I read it. I was like, you know what? They're going to want to put this one in the past. Yeah. We got a good one today, though. Yeah. Really yeah, good. Solid a good episode. Lots lot of stuff going on. Um, well, but anyway. Don't
1: we, why don't we talk about, you guys both have a couple of brews uh, that you're working on right now. So why don't we talk about those to start out with?
0: Let's start with Phil. Give
1: the people what they want.
2: All right, well, what the people want, I I mean, I I speak for the people, and by the people I mean myself in this particular moment, but uh, I want to uh, just gack the shit out of people when Hogak gets banned in modern. And so I've been trying to come up with some sweet ways to play the gack, and uh, I have a couple lists that I'm going to share with you guys uh, that I've tried a little bit online that uh, are doing pretty good at uh, putting the gack into into play. All right, so let's
0: start. Well, let's yeah, let's yeah. I mean, we're gonna post them in the show notes, and I'm trying to think. If we should also
2: read them. I mean, but I'll give I'll give people the names of the deck lists, and then I'm sure that they can just plug in the entire seventy five. Yeah. All right. Okay. Two deck lists. Gak knot. Yep. Gak knot. And ninjas gak. <laughs> gak ninjas.
0: Gak ninjas. So you're using the card stitcher supplier.
2: Yeah, obviously right. card's great
0: and you're also using lazav,
2: lazav our, our old friend our old friend lazav i i love lazav man he he's like he's so good because he he's he does a really good stitcher's supplier impression stitcher supplier is also a really good card for him to copy if when stitcher's supplier hits the yard and then he's also black so he can cast the gak but then he's also blue, so you can pitch him to force. Yeah. I mean, the Gak does it all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lazav does it all. Or does it all. Yeah. Lazav's yeah, never going to be a Gak, but. So okay. you're going to get. Okay. Well, first of all, you need
0: to get cards in your graveyard for Hogak because you need to delve, right? And so you've got a fetch land yeah, a Fetchland mana base plus nine cantrips, right? Yeah. This is uh-huh. all tentative. Tentative. Yes. This is all tentative. Um, plus Stitcher Supplier, plus Lizzov. So that's gonna fill your, you're gonna be able to delve five relatively easily.
2: This deck is is very common to the other ones where like you can delve, cast Gak on turn two fairly consistently if you find the Gak. From your hand, you can cast, yeah. Or from, yeah, well, from either, you can cast it from the graveyard if, you, if your opening hand is double fetch. Yeah, sorry, I, I meant to say that you like Hogak,
0: because I think people forget you can cast it from your hand so you don't have to mill it, and then all right. of a sudden, yeah. So, yeah. yeah
2: if, if, if your turn one is just Stitcher Supplier into Lazav, if you have double fetch and milled the Gak, you can turn to the Gak. If you have Hogak in hand and one fetch, you can cast Gak from hand. Right.
0: Um. So so you've got your Lazav, uh, and then because you have Lazav and because you're putting stuff in your graveyard, you have four Dreadnought, which I like, I like this idea. So you're gonna have one of these two, you're gonna be able to access these two horrifying
2: creatures fairly yeah, yeah, regularly. They're both really, really fat Tramplers. And so once one of them is in play, the game's gonna end fairly quickly, assuming you can you know, have a, a piece or two of disruption. Uh, so I, the way I was thinking about it was, back when I was playing the, the Lazabna deck, uh, which obviously had holes in it, you know, it just, like, wasn't consistent enough. You, you know, it's like, if you have the Lazav, but not the Dreadnought, it doesn't really do anything. And then your Stifle's, like, Stifle's just not a good card, unless it's making a 12-12. But then you're putting yourself down a card. But then you had, like, the way to go grindy, and right now, with uh, Dark Confidant, and Dark Confidant in a Ren format is just, like, really ugly. Uh, unless you're doing something that doesn't care about Ren, a la Dark Depthing people, but right. when you're playing Lazav trying to then. copy Confidant to go long against Ren, that's like not gonna work. So it, 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 the, the, I was like, oh, the way that I would dump a Dreadnought off of Lazav, uh, you can do the exact same thing with Hogak. And that allows you to turn on Stitcher Supplier, which means that dumping a Dreadnought is also fine when you find Lazav. Yep, exactly.
0: So you've got like, you've got a number of different engines where you do a four Stifle to go with your four Dreadnought. Stifle can also just hit a fetch land and, and be delved. And as you mentioned, like, you're milling pretty aggressively with four stitcher supplier, that means, and probably throwing it in front of stuff to play a little defense early game, right?
2: So, so yeah, stitcher supplier, and then um, the the last creature on the list I have shared with you guys, uh, I have one creature, and that's that the creature that we can talk about, which is on this list, I debate with the other creature that we were talking about before.
0: Knight of the Ebon Legion. This is one in a black for or one black for a creature vampire knight. It's so a one-two. Two black, knight of the Ebon Legion gets plus three, plus three and gains death touch until end of turn. At the beginning of your end step, if a player lost four more life this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And I like this for a couple of reasons. One is that a one-two has suddenly regained a ton of value, like getting a getting one two down on turn one. Uh, the other is that you can copy it with Lazav easily, so if you've just got like a top deck war, you can kind of sink four mana into Lazav and attack with a four or five that yeah, has death touch. Yeah.
2: The idea about this guy was you. I was just looking for playable one drops in black that can cast Gak that aren't just embarrassing to put in your deck and this card is, I, I feel like this card's like fairly borderline, like the, idea, the, the What it struck me as was it was similar to how you had, like, the backdoor beatdown plan of playing Elvish Reclaimer in Depths. Yep. And this dude, if you're attacking with him, you can just sink mana into him and make him a threat. He's also, like you said, cheap to copy off with Zav. Um, and I was just like, oh, well, if they're... If they end up having to care about Gak, because you have to, then having like this other cheap beater that Makes it so drawing lands late isn't the worst. Isn't the worst.
0: Currently, 15 cards where the converted mana cost equals one, the toughness equals two, and the colors include black. And it's not great. Not great, you know, pickings. To you know, Death the, the, channel, which is
2: banned. The pickings <laughs> of one mana black creatures that are actually good, good enough to play, is like. it's like maybe Knight, which we just talked about. Stitcher Supplier is obviously great. Uh, And then I was thinking maybe Cabal Therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you don't really need to sacrifice to it. The thing is, you can can sack the Stitcher Supplier. You can sack Lazabs, You can, like, whatever, whatever. The inherent problem with it, though, is obviously if you need the mill action, like sacking your Stitcher Supplier or just being disruptive at all. Like, he he would be a lightning rod. Being having a disruptive creature is good, and casting the Gak is good. The problem is he wants you to sack creatures, and Gak needs you to have creatures on the board. Yeah. So there's there's some tension there. Not to mention he's a one one. And it kind of goes
1: without saying, but I mean, in, in in the world we live in now, that's worth saying all the time, I
2: guess. It's yeah. kind of lovely that it does have some synergy with um, Lazav. Aside from the fact that you can just copy it for one and then get another Cabal Therapy out of Lazav, you can also do the shenanigans like I used to do with Baleful Strix where you go to combat, turn Lazav into a Baleful Strix so it has flying so they can't block and then before damage you turn it into a Dreadnought. Yeah. Huh. So because Cabal Therapist has Menace, it kind of does something similar. Yeah, I've done that in
0: pre-modern with, um, there's something where you could discard a card to it and make it unblockable. And then you just, after you, after it gets through, you just discard um, Phage. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it <laughs> it's a uh, doppelganger, right? Well, that's the that's the combo. Yeah, I'm sorry, Volras Safe is the combo. The, the other card in my graveyard is something I can't remember.
2: Many a time, probably many probably many paradise. a time, have I beaten uh, a player who put a bridge into play, thinking that I wasn't going to be able to attack with my twelve twelve, and they were wrong. Yeah. That'll because do you it. can just lose
0: <laughs> Yeah, and it's like it's like it's really actually Cephalid Ink Shrouder is the card I'm thinking of, where you discard a card, it gets it gets shrouded as unblockable, and then you once it gets through, you just discard a card and uh, turn it turn the rest Shapeshifter into a um, phage, or you just discard the phage to it and it works. I forgot how it works. Anyway, um, yeah, similar similar plan, and I like that. That's true that you get the. Uh, the menace thing, but a 1-1, one, one, not a lot of creatures. Now, why no thought seizes?
2: So, I didn't put thought seizes in uh, per- primarily because you, like, I think you, it, the, the goal of this deck is you still need, you want to have this really fast clock when you two-card Monty, or just Dread, or um, Hogak, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I, I refused to go into any tournament without playing Ponder, Brainstorm, Force of Will. Right, but you don't have to play days. You don't have to play days. The thing is, is that like if the ideal curve for you is to go uh, turn one stitcher supplier, turn two lazab gak, or uh, turn two uh, stifle a dreadnought, you're tapping out. And so having interaction that's free is really beneficial. The days are actually really good because if you do either of those things, let's say you turn to gak or you turn to stifle knot. The fact that now you have this big beefy clock on the table means that they have to respond, and they like so they haven't developed their mana yet, and so you, days usually catches them pretty well.
0: Yeah, we're gonna talk about days again in a minute too, because I'm actually just curious about that.
2: The only reason so, the, I would say play... the reason I didn't put thoughtsies in is because I needed a high enough blue count for force of will.
0: You, you don't really for four, I guess four, eight, 12, 16, 20 with stifle. I mean, I don't so know twenty one.
2: I have currently 19 lands, 21 blue cards. I don't know if you can afford maybe you can go down to 20. Just play Thought Erasure, Phil. <laughs>
0: well, I was gonna say you could play Force of Negation in that slot too, and just play it more forces.
2: Yeah, the issue with that though is the the deck is already going down cards in like like Stitcher Supplier is putting cards into the yard, but it's not So it's getting you uh, advantage if you dump one of the key targets, but you're not actually recouping any value. Same thing with Lazav. Like those are all threats that are sticky on the table potentially for bigger threats. But I don't know. It felt like running five forces. I mean, it's possible. Obviously, I need to I need to test that out more. No, no, you should definitely. I I mean, yeah,
0: you should test it and not just take my word for it because I did the same thing. I'm you know talk about a second, but um, are you considering? Are you gonna? The thing is, your curve is very low though, so I like that you can
2: like Hogak doesn't cost lands. Right? So... So That's the thing, like, the fact that you could just cast the Gak after playing or tapping out for whatever other spells, and then just still have, like, you know, potentially force days up is insane. Yeah, or any force. Yes, the the, the, the real restrictions is, like, when we get to the other list, the the issue is that your blue count, like, you have your, your blue staple cards, but then beyond that, because Gak requires that your creatures be Green or black, you're really reaching for stuff that's blue.
0: Yeah, I think that that's definitely a thing that that happens. There's a lot of there's a lot of that that has to be considered, like in terms of blue count. And you see a lot of 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 decks that are you know trying to
2: hit that blue count for force, so, so, and, so, so, or yeah. just cutting it. You know, something like a deck that was blue but didn't run force because it couldn't support the blue count was Arclight Phoenix. Yes, exactly. that's actually a perfect one. And then
0: when I played the Delper Arclay Phoenix, I would board in force of will and play like a different kind of deck. In fact, for a while, I tried that that what's that guy that comes in the graveyard um, uh the the one blue black thing prize amalgam is a blue card, you know you're looking at stuff like that and you realize that you probably don't want to play that stuff so
2: yeah no I, th- try- I think I think it, this is an interesting concept. I like it a lot. Yeah, so there's so that that's the first list for the GAC. It's it's consistent in that you're usually like you're going to be mulligan you're going to mulligan hands that you don't turn to one of the major things unless you know you're boarded. But game ones you're you're always going to keep I'm um, you know doing something broken on turn two. let's talk about GAC ninjas. So GAC ninjas is this deck is. It's clunkier, <laughs> but it's it, the the plan that it, where the the plan with the Lazav Gak list is, you know, you have Lazav tying the room together with Stitcher supplier, so all of your enablers do a bunch of things. But you you really never want to draw Dreadnought, right? You really just want to dump it to the yard. Yeah. I mean, the only time you want to draw it is if you specifically have Stifle, and then you also really don't ever want to draw Gak because it's just a free card in your graveyard. So, uh, you know, I haven't had time to play around with things that could potentially dump those cards to the yard from your hand. I was thinking some, maybe like Hapless Researcher as another creature that you could copy with Lozab. The issue with it was that, that it wasn't black. Um, but the, the Ninjas deck, now the Ninjas deck is sweet because mm-hmm. you, you, you have the same shell, you have Stitcher Supplier, uh, Gak, the Blue Soup cards, Force of Will, but then you also get to play a bunch of Force negations because your other creatures are Strix, indigenous infu- Ingenious Infiltrator, which is the Vodalkan Ninja that's just blue-black 2-3 with ninjutsu that when it deals damage, uh, it says whenever a ninja deals damage, you draw a card. And uh-huh. then you also get to, you also get to play Yuriko. So Yuriko is the commander ninjutsu card that you know domes them after you reveal a card when you hit them. And revealing a Gak to that is sweet. Also, right exactly <laughs> i was
0: thinking
2: that you <laughs> let you pick up stitchers. any of the ninjas let you pick up stitcher supplier or pick up your baleful strix um all of the creatures in this deck one because you're playing the ninjas you get to play more creatures which is good for the gak. but then also all of those creatures are blue so you can support playing way more force of wills and so you play all of the force wills you play uh, i have three force of negations in this list uh but because you're tapping out for the ninjitsu a bunch but you're also going up a bunch of cards because every time you connect, you're drawing cards. Right. And so you you can just essentially, like, times you can pace somebody out and then gack people. I wonder why you think this is clunkier. Because you have way more sorcery speed two-mana plays where you have to tap out. And that's it puts a lot of pressure on, like, yes, you have seven force wheels, but it puts a lot of pressure on those ninjas connecting. And they can still kill your guys in response after you've ninjitsued, you know?
1: Yeah, Like, you can true, say, okay, right? no blocks,
2: put this into play, <laughs> and then before damage, they can still kill your guy. So you're priced into countering that, and then you draw cards. So you recruit the the value, but you're way more having to use your forces to protect your own shit, as opposed to stopping their shit. Yeah. Unless you're, like, so far ahead because you have Gak. Whereas the other list with Dreadnought and Lazav, you're way more about, like, I'm two-card Montying, here we go. Here's my fatty. It's gonna close the game in a turn and a half, and then you can use your stuff to protect it.
0: Well, I think it, we've got two cases here where you're looking to put Hogak in some interesting shells, and yeah, you I mean, know,
2: there's, there's, hopefully there's, the other shell, like I couldn't make it work because I couldn't get the blue count high enough, but the other shell is just going with Death Shadow. Yeah, yeah. Death Shadow. It's like, you know, death, you you have to like use your enablers early to get down an early death shadow. But if you flip over the GAC, then any any life, to, like at, when you're casting the gak, it doesn't matter if your creature is a 1-1 one, one or a creature of value. You just need the creature to not just be a, a piece of shit card in your deck. Yeah. But then the, the turn that you cast it, if you have the GAC, you're just going to invoke it to cast the gak, in which case it's just a Lotus Petal, which is great.
0: Yeah. Well, say Death Shadow, too. You're going to, like... You know, the Hogak, the Hogak plan doesn't really matter once you've, like, made a 9-9 Death Shadow. Yeah. Because well, you gotta, you got to win. You can't
2: be casting Hogak. You've got well, to attack. The, 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 the same thing with Lazav and Dreadnought. If you just think of the Dreadnoughts turning into Death Shadows, then it's yeah. kind of the same idea. Where Lazav, Lazav gets to is. tie the room together, and then you also get to go... you Like, the Death Shadow deck gets to play a couple of reanimates, And so if you go stitch a Supplier, flip over the Gak, you could then potentially just reanimate your own Gak on your turn and then cast a Death Shadow and then you put 20 power in play. Yeah, that's
0: fair. I think that, yeah, but then you also can like get bolted and killed, which is weird. I know that sounds like weird to say, but like sometimes with Death Shadow, you're like, you know, you spin your wheels a bit and then you're dead. Yeah, for sure. You know, or they like, you know, ritual Lotus Petal Tendrils. Like you were at six, <laughs> so um, you know it's not all. It's it does it's, it's what it, there's trade-offs, right? I like the dreadnought idea for explosiveness potential,
2: right? Yeah, the the other potential idea for because stifles is really just a piece of shit. Uh, what you could do is you could move over to a, a, a an entomb package. So you play your one dreadnought, and then you can play Entombs... And have other things off of, like, you can just play an entomb. Like, you know, you can play. I get this sounds dopey, but you could play, uh, like, one bridge to entomb for. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, there's little things like that that you could do because you never, like, you get to play four Dreadnought because you're playing four Stifle because you're just signing up for that with this list. But I could definitely see a world where somebody's like, yeah, Stifle is just garbage. I'm going to play. Uh, you know, three Entombs with one Dreadnought and then other uh, other slots that open me up to either better blue cards or better flex slots that are going to do more than what a blank Dreadnought would do if it's not paired with a Lazav or a Stifle.
0: Well, hold on. If you have a Dreadnought, you can just cast it to get the uh, get the bridge trigger, so it's the one mana 2-2 two two right there. That's that's good mana curve. Wow, that's just good deck building. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's like, I mean, that's strictly better than uh, Savannah Lines.
0: Yeah, right.
2: Um... Yeah, the, the ninjas one you, you don't want to be too heavy on the graveyard, but um something else you I mean you could also just move into thought scours and blood gas. There's a lot of room to be doing um hogacking things that aren't just I have to play grave crawler. Yeah. Well that's like, that's how you feel.
0: If you feel that strongly about Gravecrawler, I don't think it can change your mind. No, I mean, you know, by the way, the cabal therapist in your ninjas list, because it has menace, you could put the Therapist in
2: and uh, they're easier that, to that, do, that's so. also true. I mean the other you could also play uh, just a way stickier blue black deck and play something like Bitter Blossom. And Bitter Blossom's also gonna convoke a gak pretty well. Uh, it's just slower.
0: Oh, Bitter Blossom is horrifying in the Plague Engineer. Meta game. <laughs> that's the problem with bitter Blossom right now. They make fairyt. Yeah. You just put your own. Uh, you just put your own clock on the table. It's like worse than Liliana's Liliana the Last Hope because it kills all the ones that were already out.
2: Yeah, there's there's no good. Um, outside of that, there isn't really any like legitimate token makers in black. Yeah. You could move to three colors. You could go green, but that's a conversation for a different day. No, you can't. Then you can't play uh, Prismatic Vista. that be wasteland-proof. Yeah, you could probably just concede that you're going to be a deck that's trying to do something powerful on turn two and hope to get there.
0: All right. You guys want to talk about some elementals? Yeah, let's. Yes, that's sweet. Okay, so let's see if I can find elementals. Here it is. So Caleb Durward managed to piece together this deck, which I think actually existed in Modern, using the card risen Wreath, which uh, triggers to let you coiling oracle basically which is not a draw you can look at the card and if it's a land you can put it on the battlefield tapped and if not you just draw it um uh and then you kind of pump out a bunch of elementals and it's a bant deck with a lot of man acceleration four hierarchs four zeniths um with a Dryad arbor so that's eight pieces of man acceleration uh the other cards that are important are master of waves because that makes at least one elemental when it comes into play. If you have a Risen Reef, it makes two, which means it draws two cards. Um, Phantasmal Image, because you can image your own Risen Reef, and then you have two of them, they trigger each other, which is really great. Voice of Resurgence, which puts a lot of elementals into play, Um, and Caleb uh, was playing Unsettled Mariner, which I also play, which is a Changeling, that basically taxes, what does it do? It dazes your opponent's removal. If a permanent you control becomes a target, you are a permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls. Count that spell unless its controller pays one.
2: Man, if only it were black. Cast the black.
0: <laughs> right, I know. Um, so in this, so the deck that you guys have are looking at right now is exactly what Caleb played except for one change. Uh, he played two brainstorms, which
2: <laughs> I know Phil's kind of be twitching. Uh, and I cut the two brainstorms and played a Guys, I'm two. out. I'm I'm out. <laughs> I, 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 I just got really busy. I gotta go. Uh
0: um, I, I cut him and played I got Titania, it. Protector of Argoth, and a Gaia's cradle. Um the deck plays seven forces.
2: Do you think um, he could not afford two more brainstorms? Maybe it's well, too pricey.
0: Yeah. Um I don't know. You could cut like you'd have to cut a Master of Waves. Um, probably because that's a four drop and you probably so probably cut like two blue cards anyway. So it's not like raising your blue count to play the four Brainstorm. Um, well, the,
2: thing, I just, the thing that's always weird to me when anybody cuts, you know, the, the best card in the format is any of the other cards that you would cut for Brainstorm, Brainstorm will help you find a copy of one of the cards that you cut.
0: You know yeah. what I mean? No, I, I kind of agree. I, I mean, I, I was wondering about it myself. I haven't
2: played this list. I shouldn't shit on it, but it seems... Well,
0: I think his I think the argument might have just been that, like, you know, it's the, why doesn't Merfolk play Brainstorm? You know? Um, even when Merfolk played well, Chalice. I can tell you why Chal-
1: Merfolk doesn't play
0: Brainstorm. Because all those cards are the exact same. Yeah. And this is sort of the same thing, where every card's just, like, an elemental or a land or, you know, protection. I mean, it's not... It's sort of like a Merfolk deck. Those are reasonable um, arguments. Yeah um so he played it went four and one i played it went three and two and i i was actually like i won the first game on a malta five through a plague engineer on elemental so i was riding pretty high and then in game two i i uh, didn't counter a renin six and uh that was the that was a huge mistake so that was a mistake um, and then I lost to the red and six, whereas I would have won if I countered the red and six because basically, I actually, didn't lose to the like ping. I lost to the, in fact, my hand was all voices and unsettled Mariners, so I was like, I'll just let this red and six resolve. And they immediately wastelanded my horrible mana base, <laughs> and then I had no lands. So that's how, so that's how I lost. And then in game three, my the same opponent chained three baleful strixes in a turn, in a couple turns, and that was just too much for me to keep up with. Um, but then I won six games in a row. And then uh, in the last in the last uh, round, it just was, you know, I forget what it was. I think it was like Stone Blade or something, just something that was like, you know, Swords of Plowshares on Voice of Resurgence. So, um, but I was like, this is great. And I'm sending people, like, I'm drawing nine cards in a turn at times with Risen Reef. You can get this engine going, it's insane. It completely messes with people. You're going so wide and you have so many cards in your hand. Um, I played it again and I went two and three that time. And I was, and I realized I was having some problems. So I played, or I switched to this build, which has Sylvan Library. So I thought that would be more helpful. Uh, and days, so I, I cut my, I cut the four, um, I cut the four Unsettled Mariners because I felt that, um, like just dazing, like removal, which is mostly one mana, doesn't really do anything without like other. Mana denial, if that makes sense. So like, you know, they just played a two. They just pay two mana to Swords to Plowshares. Your Voice of Resurgence, and you're still screwed, you know. Um, and I thought Days might help deal with things like Planeswalkers a little bit better. Uh, and Sylvan Library would help me get more looks at stuff. I went down to two Force Indigation. Um This deck went one and four. It was not great. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know if I just didn't play correctly or not, but. So then I tried Vile Elementals. And you guys know about the deck most. You ever heard of this deck? Most, no. Miraiki. Mer- I forgot what the O is. Then it's Survival, which is banned, and Trade Wind Rider. So it's like it was a survival deck from a while ago. Then survival was banned, so they started playing Fauna Shaman. But it basically was just like all these creatures, these third two creatures and you would just kind of like get your engine going and you'd pile in all the creatures that you, you were searching for. So I just kind of looked at one of those decks and cut a bunch of weirdo cards and played all my elementals, and this deck went two and three. Um, but I'm really high on Risen Reef as a, as a card now, because to me it's the, 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 the only comparison I can think of, and you're, you might think this is weird, is Enchantress. You know how, like, Enchantress, sometimes they're just drawing cards out of control? Because, like, they have too many Enchantresses in play, and then they're drawing, like, seven cards a turn, and they can deck themselves? Because that's what—I that, won a game with one card in my library. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, this, this this draw engine is insane, with Risen Reef, Phantasmal Image, Master of Ways, Voice of Master of Ways
2: also pro red. pro Master of Ways—
0: is pro red, right? It's pro red, and it pumps every single elemental, including Voice of Resurgence, including Unsettled Mariner, and this build I had Flicker Wisp, which I thought was also a card that would be really good in this strategy that I couldn't fit in the other build. So I do think that the decks are good. Um, I think that the, I'm sorry, the uh, concept is good. I'm just uh, trying to feel it out from there. I think that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of red elementals and it probably should be like a rug deck but then we won't have like access to source to plowshares which I think is really good just in general right now because people keep playing hogak Phil, Yo
2: the gak, <laughs> the gak is cray. I mean, at yeah. that point if you, like if, if you're just worried specifically about those things then you know you can play like Karakai. Yeah, actually this deck have two Crackuses in the
0: sideboard. Like so definitely play two Crackuses in the sideboard and one. This one has one Crackus. Um uh but yeah i uh i, I want to give it a try i don't think that this most version is going to work because i think 16 lands is is very ambitious <laughs> uh definitely not enough lands but so what did you guys think of the idea after you saw it a little bit of in, uh, in action, mostly from talking to me about like the idea of playing uh elemental aggro? i mean it's
1: it strikes me as like almost a modern deck but like that's kind of where we are in legacy because everything seems less uh i i think since modern horizons i feel like everything has slowed down a bit and it's more about the grind than it is the uh
0: the like immediate win uh have you
2: heard about power creep
0: no i think i know what you're saying zach like you have this very polarized experience where some, where like some of the Modern Horizons cards, like 1 and Six and Plague Engineer, incentivize like really grindy decks, and then some of them, like Hogak and Elvish Reclaimer in the Depths decks, just incentivize like flying off the handle real fast. The only cards in this last build that I play that aren't that aren't Modern legal are Green Sun Zenith, Swords of Plowshares, Shares, and Titania. And Gaia's Cradle. Gaia's Cradle's insane, though. Gaia's Cradle is a card that definitely should not be in Modern. <laughs> yeah, Gaia's Cradle <laughs> should, is is questionable, though, whether or not it should be in Legacy. I mean, i definitely won a ton of turns with, or won a ton of, ga- ton of games by, like, drawing my Gaia's Cradle, and then, like, starting out with, like, one thing in play, and then up like, 15. Force of Will on the sideboard, too. Caracas for Dark Deaths. Just keep cutting stuff. Yeah, but I think you're right. And, in fact, one of the reasons that kind of, like, sucks, not to you know, it does kind of feel like a modern deck because all the stuff is legal in uh in modern for the most part. Not containment priest either, I guess, but um. But uh I wonder if like Risen Reef is a very vulnerable card. It can be hit by Pyroblast and any removal and it's three mana. It does replace itself. And I feel like untap with one. Okay, so I was watching uh Matt Murray. Uh, one of the vintage grinders play rug elementals in vintage, mm-hmm. and his opponent had to force a Vula Risen Reef in vintage. <laughs> <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I mean, you just can't let it. You can't let people untap with it a lot, which is an which is you know true, which should be true of your three mana play. You can't you know can't let them untap with it. And there's probably less vulnerable ones in this, but if you can keep it going, I don't know. I don't know if the answer is to play like a rug version that is more aggressive or to use white for mother of runes or giver of runes or whatever it is um i liked aether vial for the idea of just vialing it end of turn but it's very slow aether vial (laughs) like if you're not like aggressively porting and wastelanding them it's pretty slow um but yeah that's where i am with elementals
1: I like the I like the changeling that like that gives that gives you a, a bit of uh, a more latitude in, in the deck building situation too like there are plenty of changelings that may or may not be able to fit into this deck.
0: Yeah, Unsettled Mariner is interesting. I kind of want to like try it with like wastelands and stuff just because just so the tax is more yeah important. Okay. Sometimes you get two of them in play, but like you know or you can like image it. This this build only had the one image, but. Uh, you know, I also feel like I, I drew – it's weird, too. When you're, like, brewing, sometimes you just got to be like, this sucks because you don't get a lot of opp- opportunities to practice. But I know that, like, I drew seven, and there was no lands. I drew seven, and there was only my guy, um, Dryad Arbor. Then I drew seven, and it was only my Dryad Arbor again, so I went to four. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen a lot, but it's just happening during my sanction match, you know? Yeah. Like, that kind of, that's just one of those things that, that that happened to me, for sure, in a game that I lost, and there you go, right? Yeah, I um, mean, that's mulliganing. It's <laughs> mulliganing. Well, I know, but it's like, sometimes you gotta be like, you know, I didn't have great results, but, like, I don't think that that's necessarily, like, gonna happen all the time, and maybe I need to, like, power through a little bit and see if I can, uh, you know, find some other things to do. Oh, yeah. Veil of Summer, by the way, is a total blowout yeah you played against this card guys yes, I definitely <laughs> have played against this card card is great oh like Veil vale of summer and then uh this this deck with with uh like freaking uh what's it called like what's a good what's a good example for how bad this deck is theoretically risen reef <laughs> this deck with risen reef can like just beat storm because of unsettled mariner and Veil vale of summer, like they just can't tendrils you <laughs> they can uh what's it called um uh warrens you but they have to set it up. Yeah. And you can actually go pretty wide against an Empty the Warrens with um with Master of Waves and Voice of Resurgence.
1: And bonus, your Master of Waves does
0: not die when it blocks a goblin token. Right. You're <laughs> just living the whole they're living the whole way through. So um Flicker Wisp when I realized Flicker Wisp was an elemental, I'm like, geez. I mean that's gotta be tried. I mean Flicker Wisp is an insane card. If you have, especially if you have vial, but even just otherwise, like any flickering is good.
2: I was actually going to ask if double white is
0: an issue. Yeah, no, we got four Aether vials.
2: Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, that's that's what that's what we're gonna do. We play four Aether vials. We got noble Hierarch, which makes white. So, it is it is an issue. I mean, you're right, it is an issue. But you know, there's <laughs> this isn't this isn't a very well the the conception of this deck isn't isn't like well conceived. This is the but, new Maverick, dude. Well, that's a thing. Like I'm looking at like existing shells and trying to figure out what can I adapt to put in the um, the elemental package. And one of them has I haven't gotten to right now is Maverick, like just a black.
2: Are there any black elementals? There are a few. Dude, I'm are like- we about to risen reef out the Gak? Uh, let's
0: Wait, see. Actually,
2: is the Gak an elemental? No. He's an avatar. <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter. Fair. He's an A-Day Trampler.
0: <laughs> um, I was just, just checking. Well, Risen Reef is green. so.
2: That's what I'm saying.
0: It's funny. Actually, there was a point where uh, I think I sent a thing out where I had like ph- Phantasmal Image to Hogak. And Tim responded like, I thought you would put Hogak in the deck because you have so many cards in your graveyard. And I realized, man, as much, I was like, oh, yeah, you could play Hogak. Look at all these green creatures. Noble Hierarch even convokes for the Gak. Yeah, Noble Hierarch hits it. You know, Voice of Resurgence. You can definitely get Gak out if you, and you just need five cards in your graveyard, so.
2: Oh, man, dude, if Master of Waves makes blue tokens, just the idea of going Master of Waves, if it was black tokens, and you just convoke the Gak off the tokens? hmm
0: Let's see, what, what do you think the best elemental is that's black?
2: Uh, I'm going to guess that it's uh, some... The, the best mm-hmm. elemental that's black... Is it changing, more, probably? More often than not, that shit would usually be like a horror. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that the best elemental is a 5-mana five 5-3 five, uh, that has uh a attack trigger that pumps... Your attacking creatures, attacking zombies.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's Fulminator Mage. It probably is Fulminator Mage. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, there's Fulminator Mage. Oh, wow. there's, Fulminator not, there's, not a, there's not a lot of good black elementals, actually. I don't think they're great. There's Fulminator Mage. There's in terms of like playable, too. There's um,
2: yo, there's got 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 the like Moldrotha. Got... There's
0: Moldrotha is a Moldrotha an elemental, but that's a totally different deck. Uh, Shriek Maw's an elemental. Um, Skull, this Skullbriar guy is an elemental, but I don't see anything that you can really unfortunately. Is
1: Drago an elemental? Apparently, Erdrago
0: <laughs> is a legendary creature elemental. That's oh, a 4 go. 4 for 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. 4 4 for 7.
1: Oh, shit, dude, he hoses Swamp Walk. Yeah, he, yeah. You, can't, you can't. That's back in old school, back in the day, like your opponent would s- slam down a zombie master on turn t- 3. And then you'd be like, "Hold on, let me get four more turns out." Slam we'll or that- Drago and block and block your opponent's zombies.
0: Yarok the Desecrated with with living with a uh, risen reef would be insane. So Yarok the Desecrated oh, yeah. is a five mana three five elemental that's a, that if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability to trigger that ability would trigger additional time. Though it is very likely that if you're ever going off, you will deck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like definitely like was um. You know, was like in danger of decking myself a few times because I like needed to like fill, put stuff on the board, but I kept drawing his cards. So, which even though you lose the game, I
2: don't know if you really
0: lose. Yeah, you should win the game. If, know, in that
2: position, win. you you should feel like a winner. Yeah, you should win the He's, game. I guess it's if not. If only Lab Man were uh, an elemental. It's too bad he
0: isn't. That's tribal elementals. You guys want to get to some segments? Yeah, yeah let's get to
2: some we want to acquire support from our subscribers believe when we say you'll win all your die rolls and be on the play Patreon it's only one click away Patreon head on over and donate To Patreon, there won't be any misplays. Support Eternal
0: Turtles podcast today. Segments. All right. So, on on, this quick interjection for our listeners, on part of my take, which is my favorite podcast, at least during football season, they do segments at the end where they have these fun segments. So, if you have a segment idea for us, we're going to use some examples today, and you can tell us if you want us to do any segments. Um, We have a hate to see it for Magic Online user Buka Redis. This was a player I played against in one of my elemental leagues. He resolved the card Baneful Omen. Do you guys know what that does? I do now, but I certainly didn't 40 minutes ago. Baneful Omen, four black, black, black for an enchantment. This is from Rise of the Eldrazi. At the beginning of your end step, you may reveal the top card of your library. If you do... Each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost. So I'm sitting over here with my Noble Hierarch and a vo- Voice of Resurgence. My opponent plays an Ancient Tomb, a Dark Ritual, and, you know, plays this Baneful Omen, just puts it on the table. I look over at my life total. I'm at 15, and I'm like, he's going to reveal Emrakul, and I'm going to lose right now. My opponent revealed an Island. <laughs> I then went on to make a bunch of Elementals and win. It's sweet when you're seven mana play, doesn't you hate to see it, though. Yeah. You really hate. hate to see it. You do hate to see it. I, I, I didn't have a counter spell. I would have countered this, correct? You have to counter it. Yeah, I mean, this F- does, definitely does not pass
1: the false cure test. That's for sure.
0: You're it's like, false. no, 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 no. Whatever you're doing, I don't want that to happen. I don't, I don't want that to happen. Whatever you did. I'm like, is he going to brainstorm or respond to the trigger? I have no idea. All right, we have a when keeping it real goes wrong. And this is for you guys on last uh, week's podcast. Alex- Ouch! Roasted. No, I yes, feel that. I feel that. A simple thought experiment gone wrong. You were keeping it real. You were keeping it real. You can't.
1: You can't uh, knock it out of the park every single time. You know, uh, no. Michael Jordan didn't win every
0: game with the Bulls. No, he didn't. That's true. Um, the, definitely didn't win every game playing with the not Hornets. Was the Hornets? Charlotte. What Pelicans?
1: about? What about the baseball stuff? Yeah, didn't win any baseball games. Um, Yeah, I mean, thanks to the seven people who are still listening to the podcast. I really
2: appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. All right, seven we have people a, still listening. we got to come up with how to gack people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we have a coverage
0: budget reallocation report. Uh, as you guys know, Magic coverage budgets have been cut back. And In case you're wondering what that money is going towards, Hasbro bought Death Row Records today. Or yesterday? Or sometime? This is not a joke, right? This is not a joke as far as Death I know. Death Row
1: Records now owned by the company started by Richard Garfield.
0: Death Row Records is now owned by Hasbro Toy Company. Well, it's not Wizards of the Coast. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still be as, as beyond the pale as you can get. But <laughs> it's slightly less so. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess if that's the case, I, I want to see Roadblock from G.I. Joe coming out with a rap album.
0: Right. Now, the question is, Phil, which rap songs have you parodied?
2: <laughs>
0: you did Forgot <laughs> About Dre, right? I've done
2: Forgot About Dre. I've done Changes by Tupac. Uh, what else have we done? I, 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 I sampled... I want it that way? I, that I, I did rap as a, as a mid-roll. <laughs> okay, let's
0: see. 2001 was was on Aftermath. Okay, so that was not on Death Row Records. Um and let's see changes by Tupac. Uh let's see, Tupac Curse Song. Was geez it just on the greatest hits album?
2: How can you and put who, a how it was put on that death Row. On the
0: greatest hits? <laughs> well, you know, it was the Just was the, the Greatest Hits. It was it was it was on Death Row, So you have actually Accomplished Hasbro's goal of now they own part um, of our podcast <laughs> horizontal integration <laughs> with uh, with Magic the Gathering and hip hop history.
2: Dude, I don't know how we didn't predict that way beforehand. <laughs>
0: Why does Hasbro own Death Row Records? I, I should probably read one of the many articles about it. Uh, the av- oh, cause they oh, because they bought like some holding company. Okay, I see. Interesting. So they just wanted to buy Peppa Pig, and uh, this is actually what the article says. They, uh, they wanted Peppa Pig, but they got Tupac. They ended up well. <laughs> they wanted Entertainment One, which uh, has like Peppa Pig as a brand, but sure. uh, they also ended up with the Death Row catalog as part of the purchase. So that's just a, that's just a toss in. You know, is that just now the question? Is that just good value? Yeah, it's definitely good value, <laughs> it's good right? Good value.
2: Yeah. If, Dude, if, if if they were like, all right, guys. Whoever wins the next PT also just gets Death Row Records. Yeah. Could you imagine? Could
0: you imagine winning Death Row Records? PT, what does it stand for? And it what would e- definitely
1: T-T- be the coolest thing that happened to 15-year-old Zach Clark. Everyone's hey guys, like, you know "Ah, they- why are you playing Magic? That game's for nerds. I'm like, now I own Death Row Records. What?
0: Now I own Death Row Records.
2: <laughs> yeah, Death Row. Ever heard of it?
0: <laughs> um. Okay, so... Uh, PT, it now is actually the right way to refer to the highest level magic play. Do you know what it stands for? Players Tour. Players Tour. You know, I went to the Magic, uh, Magic Fest thing for Atlanta today to see what the events were. It said Players Tour Qualifier. I was like, what the hell? That's what it's called now, I guess. I don't
1: hate that. I certainly like it way more than Mythic Championships. Because that is ridiculous. Like here's the a great way tore, to have my wife think that I'm just wasting money on frivolous nonsense.
0: You wouldn't want her to think that about Magic. <laughs> okay, we have our final segment for the day. Uh, as always, is our old school update brought to you by theepicstorm.com. This is this is somewhat serious. Yeah. So there was an old school event at Grand Prix. <laughs> look at me, Magic Fest, Las Vegas um that was won by brian Weisman. brian weissman known for the deck Clark. the deck the deck the original white blue control deck yep. right so he wins it and uh athena frolic who had, who is uh, eric Frolick's wife i believe um played against him and took a picture she said i can't believe it was something like look how exciting it was to play against brian weissman playing the deck uh, in the picture, he has two circles of protection red in play. They posted his decklist picture, and there's only one picture, or there's only one COP red in the picture. Now, if you don't understand how this kind of works, that old school is generally pretty informal. Most old school is played in bars for charity. But this is, you know, at a Magic Fest, they had real prizes. Um they still did, but however, they still kind of like kept things up with the spirit by rather than registering deck lists, they just had people take pictures of their decks, which is usually what you do. And someone pointed this out, this happened. Weissman's response, you know, we're on the internet, you know, and I still, not a lot surprises me now, but still, I, I read this this explanation from Brian Weissman about what happened and I, my, I was just, like, staring at the computer. Oh, now he's locked his tweets, so I can't read it exactly to you. It's quite smart. But basically, do. Yeah. his explanation for this was that he took a picture of his t- playtesting version of the deck and submitted that and then played a different deck because technically there was no rule that said you had to play the same deck that you took a picture of. Super weird flex. That is insane. And it's like, <laughs> let's, you know, it's implied. It's implied. It's a social contract. I, I don't because even understand what a, that means. What does he mean that
1: there's no rule that says you can't switch decks? That's crazy. There's no rule that says you can't
0: switch decks. That's insane to it's even assume
1: that that's a thing.
0: Yeah. So his explanation was that, yeah, like well, the rules didn't say I couldn't do this. And, and a lot of people are just like, uh, you know, first of all, a lot of old school players don't, you know, care about, you know, getting, I guess, the slightest edge, you know? So they're like, what are you hiding? These cars are 25 years old. We all know what's in the deck. (laughs) Um, And two, it's like, why are you, why are you doing this at like, just like an, you know, what's basically an informal unsanctioned format. You got to like, Angle shoot, right yeah, it's so weird like what
1: is what does he gain off that like a hundred prize tokens
0: and let's also let's also consider this, you know that's not a i play that's not that doesn't prove that he played a deck with two circles protection red from round one to the finals, oh no that at all. all he's saying is that i didn't i didn't submit a picture of a deck for you know, so he could have just like been like, oh, I saw that um. You know uh Athena was playing goblins, and I just went into my box of goodies and grabbed a second beta circle protection red and put it in my you know deck, deck box. It's just unbelievable i mean it's, I shouldn't say that again, nothing really surprises me
1: yeah I mean like here's this, the but... thing is we
0: don't we're not
1: even positive that 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 this is a cheat like i like to i I really do like to not be the person bringing out the pitchforks uh on this sort of thing, but like it just looks so bad. It looks so Yeah, bad. I don't
0: remember I don't remember if we talked about Yuya Wantanabe with his marked cards that were obviously marked and then his explanation that was completely implausible.
1: Oh yeah. Like, I mean, that that was like that was obviously him cheating.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those things where no no I know. And you're right to not like accuse people of cheating, but you know what you know what that would help? Just like look, if you screw up, you can just you can just own it. Look, when I went when I played old school, I didn't have my I borrowed cards, right? Yeah. So I was borrowing a couple cards. So I showed up to the tournament. The you know gentleman lent me the cards. I put them in my deck. I played around, and then I took my picture. Like I didn't submit it beforehand, right? Uh, And you know that's not technically in the rules, but you know it's in good faith, and it's like it's a you know thing that happens at a bar tournament, right? Even for this one, if you had said, oh, you know, I I laid out my deck to take a picture, then the morning of I made a tweak and I forgot to take another picture. Yeah, that's totally fine. And that that's that that's gone, i think you still end up with this new Weissman rule which is what uh, sam craven is calling it the Weissman rule where you basically say like with, now there's a rule in old school it's like yes you idiots you have to play the same deck you send the picture of
1: i just don't even understand how that's not like a, how that's not a rule like the the deck that you take a photo of is your deck list you play that deck how is that not a rule that's insane that it's not a rule
0: right the, the idea of like well I, well it's not technically the rule but you know what the rule is. It's you know? totally
1: insane to even think that that would be a th- a thing that you could try to get away with.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's really bogus. just um, it just it's one of those things which just defies. You, you just like you know you lose a little bit more faith every day, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and there there yeah. are a lot of people who are concerned that it's going to reflect poorly on old school magic and this this and that and like I think that I don't think that's something to really no, worry about. That's... Almost everyone is just is just dogging the guy for doing it. Almost everyone involved, up to like Rich Shea, you know, is like dogging the guy for it. Like I think people realize that this is, you know, like, if you're if you're the kind of person who is like, I've got a bunch of fourth edition hypnotic specters and I want to hang out the next old school tournament, no one's gonna do this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Know? No. And the, <laughs> that's the thing is like it's so it, the, seriously cheating in, in Magic is so rare. But it's such a reactionary thing like that everyone responds to that it becomes a larger issue than it really is because of that and it's 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 a real bummer to me because you don't actually see like you see people really hedging against people cheating at at tournaments and you should to some degree but to the point where you know like I have to get into conversations when I'm at you know normal normal tournaments uh where a guy will be tell like I, I, mansplaining is the best word I can use for this to his opponent as he's he's shuffled his, he's shuffled riffle shuffled his deck, deck a couple times and then goes to um, pile shuffle it. And then his opponent is telling him that he's not sufficiently randomizing his deck with that pile shuffle. It's like, he's already randomized his deck, man. Like, please leave him alone. What are you talking about? Like, they read it on an article one time where, like, a guy, like, counted his deck properly and then, like, was able to figure out exactly what was in his deck... Wizards tweets about it one time or like, you know, some pro tweets about it one time. Then every grinder is bugging out about a pile shuffle that's like completely innocent. A guy's just trying to make sure his deck isn't clumped up and and, you know, somebody else is jumping down his throat. It's insane to me. Um, It's a real bummer that uh, that cheating culture gets to the point where so many people are hedging against cheating culture that that everyone has to sort of be an asshole. and, And I don't want that to be the face of our game.
0: I think that's that's really the thing that hurts, right? Where it's like, you know, now I got to look out for this. Like, you feel like you have to look out for it. You don't want to get cheated. Yeah. You know? I mean, there
1: was that point, period of time, uh, I don't know, what, 2013, 2014, where uh, they, they weren't sure how they wanted to deal with Exalted. So every LGS you walked into, you just heard the word trigger being used constantly. <laughs> like,. It, it just because there was always some guy in the room that would be like, you didn't say uh, trigger for that one exalted thing, so it doesn't happen. You know, it's just like, dude, you're at an LGS, you're gonna win two packs. You're ruining the game for everybody else by being the guy who's like, oh, um, if you didn't say trigger for uh, all three of them, then only one exalted goes off. Finally, they fix that, so it's like on the onus of of the the person attacking to deal the damage afterwards. With with exalted, but you don't have to announce that anymore, which is good. But there's so many there's so many situations like that where they're like, oh, for the purposes of coverage, we have to change this rule, and it destroys everybody else. Uh, a, a great example of that is also the energy situation. People were forgetting their energy constantly.
0: Um, yeah, and, and, and they made you write it down.
1: And they, yeah, they made you write down, which is fine. But it, it's like stuff, all those little things. Like it's just another way that like a gr- grinders. Hedge against people who are newer, to, newer to the game and are just tr- trying to figure stuff out, and that's not what it's there for. It's not there to like get an edge against somebody who's new to the game. It's there to make sure that uh, somebody on your level
0: isn't cheating against you. Yeah.
1: You know. I don't know. Yeah. All in my rant. I'm. I'm. I'm that that stuff just it, it enrages me.
0: Well, I think that there's a, there's a, there's another component of this, which is that just that Brian Weissman is. Uh... You know, like, if you think old-school magic, that's kind of what you think. And yeah, it's, it's a real it's, bummer. Yeah.
1: Like, no, nobody wants to see their heroes, uh, you know, a, a heroes a, a stretch, I'm sure. But, you know, your your format's heroes, as it were, uh, turn out to be, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, scumbags. That's it's terrible. Uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully that's not the case, but it doesn't look good.
0: There's, there's, it's, it's like, it's the explanation that the explanation is like, you know, I'm above the rules. Even yeah. if this, you know, it, the explanation basically sounds like I knew what the intention was, but it wasn't ex- exal, uh, not exalted. <laughs> it wasn't um, explicated.
1: Yeah, right. And it's just crazy. Like the the correct the correct response to that, whether or not you cheated, is to go, "Oh my God, I'm sorry." Uh, you know what? You're totally right. I submitted the wrong deck list. Uh, I'll. Sp- split the prize or give you the prize. Like, instead of just like, do you think, how do you think he feels right now about the, like what 400, uh, prize prize wall points that he got versus like his, his, uh, reputation being roasted right now. I think he would rather have those, uh, those prize points than being roasted. I would 100% rather
2: not be roasted. I think you can get a lot of extra circle of protection red with 400 prize wall tickets.
1: (laughs) You can, it's true.
2: Not beta ones. Oh,
1: that's
0: fair. It's not even worth it. Uh yeah. No. How much does the beta? do you think a beta circle protection red goes for?
1: Ooh, twenty-five dollars on this thing. Let's find out. Phil.
0: Phil, put in your guess. This price is right. Beta, red, redo, redo price beta. is right.
2: Beta cop red? Yeah. Uh looking
0: it up right now. Sixty-eight dollars. Sixty eight dollars. Seventeen seventy-one. <laughs> Ooh. So no one wins that, and then we move on to uh, the.
1: So, so we so we rebid. I bid a dollar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, then Phil bids two dollars and he wins. Uh, damn. Wow, you should have played around. Did you, did, did you was... watch the price? You got to watch the Price Is Right documentary.
1: Uh no, I'm I'm more into the uh, Pressure Luck documentary about the guy who cheated Pressure Luck.
0: Ooh, that's. You <laughs> figured okay, out that it. like. Okay, he, we got a new patron. He's from Dayton, <laughs> Ohio. Excuse me. Oh, we yeah, have a God. new patron, John Vanilla. Thank oh. you, John. Thanks, John. We did get a patron since last week somehow. Congratulations, amazing. guys.
1: That is pretty amazing. Yeah. This guy is a I, patron, so he
0: can send stuff to our patron email. I,
1: I'm not. I'm not going to roast the guy who uh, who talked to me about this on on uh uh what's called uh Reddit. But there was a guy who said that he wanted to get a version of the episode. Uh, the episodes without uh, without Phil's music, which I think is, I honestly think is a bit of sacrilege. But uh, he said I will pay for it, and I told him that uh, at the Necropotence level we'll do that. Um, I have received no response uh, since the Necropotence level, by the way, is twenty five dollars a month. I will make sure to make those for anybody who uh, pledges at the Necropotence level. If you really just don't like to hear uh, Phil singing, uh, but uh, honestly, I, I think most people do. We got a
2: lot in the can, boys.
1: <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of people came to your defense on that, Phil, I, and that's something I appreciate. And I, yeah. I, I totally understand I think where, people that, where that did guy's a good, coming people from. I people
0: did, you know, definitely say, like, I don't agree with this thing that they're saying, but I do like the podcast. And, you know, you guys didn't, you know, tor- <laughs> I, just, I just felt so bad because I would like – I remember I was like, oh, I can't make it. I had something going on and then – I saw it on the Internet the next day and was like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I'm used to I'm used to coming up with ideas and having somebody uh, be like, no. Uh, so I, I that's, you know, that's that's part of my job.
2: Uh, but uh, well, and the other value of if you want to not hear any of my musical intros <laughs> and join the Necropotence level, the other benefit of that is you get a T-shirt. It's yeah, true. Get t-shirt. You get automatically get a T-shirt. Immediately get a T-shirt. Um, yeah,
1: uh, so I think that's it for us today, guys, right? Yeah, I mean, that's an hour. All right. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a pleasure. I'll uh, talk to you guys next week.
2: Have
0: a good week, everybody.
2: Bye, everybody.
1: Stop, stop, animals, stop. Can you see I see animals, stop? It's time go. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animals, stop. Can you see I see animals, stop? It's time go. up with the Joneses giving up with the Joneses
2: all right. Where does he get those wonderful toys?